Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Guys, Nick's a daddy. Daddy <laughs> Nick. It's a boy. A dog dad. He's a pirate. So, my wife read this book <laughs> from the Dog Whisperer guy, the Caesar Milan guy, which, Caesar Milan, what a name. Holy cow. thought it was made up. It probably is fake, but... Caesar Milan, such a great name, but he's the dog whisperer, and uh, he said that you are not a puppy parent; you are a pack leader. Oh, I am a pack leader of this I, dog. I think of Alan from The Hangover when you say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're but, part of the wolf pack. But yeah, we uh, we got a puppy. My wife and I got a puppy, miniature Schnauzer. What's his name, Nick? <laughs> Undisclosed name. I it's, will not it's, name. It's not Maverick. To let y'all know that. No, it's we, another talk, we, team talked, in the we talked about Maverick, but she knew uh, a kid back home in a class that she was co-teaching. And uh, she was like, I can't name it Maverick because I know this kid. That's that's one problem with having a wife that's involved in like classrooms and, you know, Sunday schools and things like that. Like you meet a kid and you're like, I do not want anything I own named after, yeah. <laughs> named after that kid. Well, even like, you know, we're both at the stage where we don't have kids yet and, you know, we're... We're already, you know, we've already talked about like kids' names, and we got a couple yeah. kids' names we want, like all this stuff. So, but you, when you have those conversations of throwing names off each other, like, oh, what about this name? Right? Nah, that makes me think of this person. I don't really like them. <laughs> or that makes me think of this ex-girlfriend. Or this makes me think of this one dude that I played football yep. with. Yep. It's like back and forth of like, okay, you like a name, but she has a past with it. Or she likes it. Oh. Old names. So, like, we could never name any of our kids Rajan. Like, that's nothing. That's That would never. <laughs> <laughs> we would never be able to do that, right? Like, Rajan Engstead is not something that will occur. No. <laughs> Let me ask my wife if I can name our kid Deshaun. Deshaun. Guys, Deshaun I, 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 fought, I fought so hard whenever we, we started getting a dog and the whole process. And I, I fought really hard. If we were going to get a boy dog. That I was going to name it Deshaun, but my wife just wasn't about it, and of course she she won the whole game and got a a female dog and got to name it. But dang, it's fun. We got a male dog just because the male dog was cheaper than the female dog, and we were like, we don't care what gender it is, we're not we're not going to break. Yeah, and your your dog can just roam out there and knock knock other girls up, and you don't have to care about it. <laughs> no, we'll get it fixed. It's only eight, it's only eight weeks old though. It better not be knocking up anybody right now. That, <laughs> I'd be concerned. I'm like all like scared right now because our our golden doodles a little past three months. I'm like, all right, we can never go to the park, no dog parks, no daycares, nothing. Because if a dog tries to hunt my dog, I'm gonna get pissed. <laughs> the protective father, the protective pack leader. I just whip out my Glock or something. Just oh gosh! <laughs> start downing dogs that's trying to get up on, on my dog. <laughs> Your face is gonna. You're like your mugshot's gonna show up in all the de- the dog daycare places. Like, do not let this person in with like a big X through your face. Protective dead dog parent goes haywire at dog park. Completely. All right, so we do actually have some Mavericks news. We're not just trying to fill time because it's the summer. There is <laughs> there's actually stuff going on. So uh, Nico Brasino yeah, and I, I was gonna say this. We have you know this is obviously David Locke. The play-by-play guy for the Utah Jazz. This is his whole podcast network he's, that he started. It's the reason why it's called Locked is because he, he is locked. He's he's the Godfather, and you know we all have an option as as a team. Sites we all have an option right now that we can go down to like three episodes a week or possibly even one episode a week. <laughs> but you know what we're doing? 
It's the we're off being season. insane. That's what we're doing. And Nick, and Nick and I are like, you know what? We can come up with stuff to talk about because we have loyal fans and loyal listeners Seriously. that reach out to us and tell us that these episodes get them through work shifts in the middle of nights. That's why People we're listening to this during the day. Like we literally get those messages. So this is for you. This is for you. This is for you guys. So. Please tweet us if you appreciate us keeping with five and not going to one because there are locked on shows that are now going to one show a week right now. Uh, but as long as we got stuff and we always have stuff, I almost take it as a challenge. Like I look at August and I've been yeah. looking at August for a couple months now and just saying, all right, I'm going to hunker down and we're going to find stuff to talk about. We have a really, really good uh, week of shows Pro- planned Project. Out. Yeah, we got a project planned out that we're, we're going to do um, later in August. So just be just keep watching out. So there's still going to be there's still going to be locked on maps. And of course, you guys know if you've listened to this podcast, then you know we talk about general NBA stuff as well. Like if there isn't Mavericks news, we will hit some stuff. We'll tie it back to the Mavericks. We'll all talk about it in the scope of the Mavericks. But today we're talking about the Kyrie Irving trade rumors, you know, and whether I mean there's nothing concretely connected to the Mavs. There's nothing even remotely connected to the Mavs. It doesn't even make sense for it to be connected to the Mavs, but we will connect it to the Mavs, but we will also talk about the other scenarios as well. So we're going to talk about that. I also want to talk about uh, Wes Matthews was a coach, a head coach of a, uh, a team this weekend in the basketball tournament. So I want to talk about that. I wrote a piece about that for Mavs Moneyball. And then the Mavericks signed Javon. Uh, dang it. I knew I was going to mess it up. Gian Clavel. Javon Clowney. Javon. <laughs> Javion. Javonion. Yeah. <laughs> Jean Clavel. I, I watched so many videos trying to find the pronunciation, but it is Jean Clavel. So we will talk about him. But first I wanted to mention uh, Nico Brusino got picked up by the Hawks. <laughs> I never saw that coming. No, I thought the mo- I. moment Dallas waved him that he was on the next flight to Barcelona. But nah, bro, he's going to Atlanta. Nico is older than six or seven players on the Hawks right now. That is a that is a youth movement right there. Well, Nico's kind of sneaky because you would think when you see Nico that he's literally like 18. Yeah. But he's not 18. I forgot his age, but like I if, think it's like Like if you put if you put uh Nico and Zion Williamson in a lineup and just said which of these two humans is older than the other human. <laughs> a 1000% <laughs> of the time people would say Zion. Yeah. For real. Did you see his Zion's dunk that was on uh, <laughs> on everywhere? He threw it off the front of the rim. Yeah, and yeah, that was it was nasty. You know that dude plays so it. much basketball. By the way, they those AAU tournaments. Since I was at one a couple weeks ago, that uh, they play like three times a day, thirty minute games, and then they'll play like back to back to backs for these tournaments. And then they just That's keep what you going. Call they just keep grinding, man. But to me, like, what's the point? I, he already. Uh, and I, I was going to say this. I wrote a piece a while back about probably like three or four months ago about, so Zion's not even the number one player in, in that class. No. It's a guy by the name Marvin Back. Mar- he's like he's like three or four, you know, most people. But he's in in that same class with Manute Ball's son, Ball Ball. And, but the number one guy is Marvin Bagley. And he's going to... Like, big news came out in the past couple of weeks that he's really trying to... He's the clear number one of that class that he's trying to reclassify for next year's class. And most people, yeah. like, um, I think it's Gary Parrish from CBS, and that, you yeah, know, he, was talking... He broke that news at first. Yeah, he, he broke the news, and different draft people said that, hey, if Bagley, if he transfers classes or cl- reclassifies, he's automatic number one. He passes Michael Porter Jr. He passes... Which, yeah. DeAndre Ayton, he passes Luka, you know, Luka Doncic. Like, what a name! I love Luka yeah. Doncic's name. Like that, he passes all of them. So, for instance, not to go down a rabbit trail, but if Dallas does not perform well, like some people are saying, not only, you know, first, I don't know if they'll be that bad. Like, I don't think Dallas will be that bad. But if Bagley does reclassify, goes one or two, that naturally pushes down, everyone. you know, yeah, everyone. So a couple of those players. So. What would be a top two or three draft now becomes a top like four draft, and so you know that that's huge when we look at some of these drafts of you know even this last year of like where does it cut off and you know with this one was like really loaded but like next year is a little different and so anyway I think that does have if he does reclassify it has some ramifications that could affect Dallas. 
And there's always that one kid that just shows up out of nowhere that you, you're just saying, oh, yeah. my gosh, where I didn't even see that guy. You know, like Porzingis was sort of one of these guys that just kind of came out of you. And you're just saying, oh, my gosh, like I didn't know, not know he was going to go four. you know, if you didn't, you know, weren't paying attention to this, the, you know, the recruiting and all that stuff or the scouting and all that stuff. There's always and, that uh, one guy. So there, it, there's going to be more than just those four names that we mentioned by the end. Yeah. Of, by the end of and the it's going to be different for Dallas next year because – you know, with the draft, especially they get into if they get into that top like eight of next year's draft, and I'm sure we'll we'll spend a pot at some point looking at prospects for you know next year's draft because I think that will become a storyline for the Mavericks this season. But <laughs> we'll do to, that enough, man. We did that to, enough next year. We'll definitely hit it next year. But to but to to just overlook that right now is there's two positions Dallas is not going to be going for, not going to want to go for in that draft, and that's point guard and center. Because if we lock in Nerlens, we already have Dennis Smith Jr. So that naturally puts not really pressure, but you really you have to be selective at that point. It's not just best available for Dallas at that point. You know, like it's not if Dallas lands at like five or six, it's not just best available. If you have Dennis Smith Jr., you're not going to take a point guard if he's the best available on the board. There's they're sort of they're sort of in that weird position where Philly was this year, where they have they have a couple of positions already sort of locked down, and you're saying, well, you know, they might like Josh Jackson at you know at three if they stayed at three, but do they want to play Jackson and Simmons at the same time, you know, or do they want to go Tatum and Jack and, and Simmons? Like those aren't that neither of those are super good fits where they you know where they end up going. So it's just sort of a weird position that rebuilding teams end up being, and the Mavericks are a rebuilding team that now has a foundation, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're not to go too deep. I didn't mean to go that far into next year's draft. We just but. we love the draft. It's the <laughs> it's great, and the Mavericks haven't been relevant in the draft forever. So it's just great that that's a position that we're in. So, uh, all right, Wes Matthews coaching. So you know, like I said, I wrote a piece on on Mavs Moneyball about this. You can go. I put you know, there's gifts in there. There's videos. There's his post game. There's his uh, half. He did a halftime interview. <laughs> which was just... I'm sure you enjoyed that. Oh, man. He was just like Carlisle. Just did not care at all. Really did not want to... Wanted to be anywhere else but there. What? uh, Wes Matthews? No way. uh, Jen Hale is the sideline reporter for this whole thing, and she came up to him and uh, said something about, like, you're actually... You're on this side of the ball now, and you're actually a coach instead of a player. And he just, like... His head is down like this, like you know, his head is down, and his the top of his head is to the camera because he's trying to hear what she's trying to say because it's so loud in that gym. And then you just see him like smile, like crack a smile, and then you just like shrug his shoulders up in the air, like Psh, whatever, <laughs> you know, just like sort of <laughs> laugh that he's actually a coach, and it's just kind of funny. Uh, their team, his he was coaching the. If you haven't heard of this, it's the basketball tournament. There's this tournament that was started four four years ago. And now the pot is up to $2 million. They play for $2 million, and teams are either splitting it equally amongst each other. Some people have different stakes in it than others. I heard there's one team where everybody gets uh, – I don't remember how the numbers work out, but everybody gets, like, say, $190,000 each, and then this one dude gets $100,000. So, I, like, I don't know how they <laughs> split that up. Then there's the uh, Challenge ALS team, which is started by the guy that started the Ice Bucket Challenge, and so they're giving, like, $250,000 away to – or. Get, donating it to the ALS uh, fund, just the same as uh, what the Ice Bucket Challenge did. And so there's just all these different teams popping up, and there's different schools that are now associated with some of these teams. Like Syracuse had a team, and then Marquette had a team, which was the one that Wes Matthews was coaching. So he's coaching this team. It had Dwight Bikes on it from the Orlando Mavericks. Remember Dwight Bikes? Yeah. Do you remember uh, Darius Johnson Odom? Yeah, he that was a Mavs. That was yeah. a Mavs draft pick. Yeah, yeah, and then he he also he played for the Lakers and Sixers at some point, and then it had um, oh Jameel Wilson, who was just got signed yeah. to a two way, I think, with the uh, the Clippers. Definitely with the Clippers. Clippers. I can't remember if it's a two way or not, but so there's a couple of, of you know pretty good players on there, and then uh, Gardner, who's the Gardner kid from Marquette, really big. I don't, I don't know. Gosh, he's huge. But they played Ohio State uh, yesterday and lost. So it's a it's a one game sort of elimination thing. There's tons of teams in it, and there's this overseas team that has Dwan Blair on it, 
Yeah. They were in five minutes into the game, and one of my friends is over, and Dwan Blair's at the free throw line. He goes, man, they're five minutes into that game, and that is the sweatiest dude I have ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, Dwan Blair and his no ACLs. (laughs) I liked him, man. I I liked him in Dallas. It's so funny. Him, uh, Gardner, and then Jared Sullinger is also playing. It's like all the same dude are dominating this. It's like these big, these like, like hefty but undersized like we need fours. we need big baby in there. We need big baby in there for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So uh Darren Collison's also coaching a team by the way. He's coaching the I think he's coaching the Challenge ALS team, the uh the yeah. bucket he, challenge team. He should play. <laughs> he would dominate. Man, he would kill. <laughs> he would be so good. Somebody asked me they're like, "Why is Wes Matthews not playing?" I was like, "Uh cuz no one would score on him." <laughs> well, I don't think NBA players play in this, do they? Like Dwight Bucks is kind of an NBA player. He's back and forth. Johnson oh, Odom. Jared Sullinger almost averaged a double-double last year. I mean, like, current ones under contract, they don't play in this. Oh, under contract, probably not. There's probably a, a clause in that. but It's not like the Drew League. So, one of the funny things about Wes Matthews coaching, and I know this podcast has already gone long. I can already feel it. <laughs> we, we, already, we just go off the rails already. But uh, he said... He was asked if he asked Coach Carlisle for advice, and he said, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to me, just sums up the extent of the relationship between any player and Coach Carlisle. <laughs> I think if they, I don't yeah, if they don't have to talk to Rick, they might not. They might not choose to. <laughs> yeah. Last game of the season. See you, Rick. See you at training camp. Like, can you imagine Steph Curry saying that about Steve Kerr? No. No, it's just like a completely different personality. It's just so funny. I can see even Pop. Like, I can see anybody asking, like, you know, Devon, let's say, uh, like, Patty Mills is coaching a team. And they'll be like, did you ask Pop? He goes, oh, yeah, I was texting him, blah, blah, blah. And even we were talking about the uh, the J.J. Reddick documentary from the Undefeated. And uh, and he they asked him if he had talked to Coach K recently. And he's like, yep, Coach K texted me the other day and said that he loves me. <laughs> <laughs> and just like I don't think that that's the thing Carlisle is doing. It's just so funny how different he is than a lot of coaches. And then uh, Wes was, of course, asked if he would ever think about coaching in the future, and he said never. Just straight up, I believe. I just believe that. Straight up, never. He'd much rather be playing. So don't expect Wes Matthews to ever be coaching. But go go and check out that piece. There's some funny gifts in there where he like tries to like will them into defense, <laughs> where he's on the sidelines doing the defensive stance, and it's kind of funny. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. All right, so Kyrie Irving, top twenty-five player in the NBA, top fifteen. There's so many yeah. good. There's so many good players right now. Requested a trade, which to me, were, were you as surprised as I was? Just completely came out of nowhere. Did not expect it. I mean, there were like grumblings coming out that he wasn't like too happy because the like the article came out what three or four days before the bombshell that we're in a peculiar place. You know, right now, yeah, Cleveland. but it just seemed like everybody on that team was sort of uneasy, and you feel like the peculiar thing was more about the front office than it was about the playing situation. But then all of a sudden, when the trade request came out, which was the trade request was made before that, probably that article was even written. They said it was like two two weeks before that. Yeah, it's it's been so, there for a while, so or or a week or something. I mean. It's kind of amazing that a team with no GM can keep a story like that under wraps. With with guys like Windhorse and McMenamin and with tons of guys following that team, you know, religiously and it yeah. being their own their only job. Like we're not, we're not they're not pulling a Tim McMahon where they're going to Utah and going to OKC and like going Houston and covering a whole bunch of different teams. That's just they're covering that one team. That is it. And did you see what Stephen A. Smith said on Sports Center about who leaked it? Ask me if I care about what Stephen. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. See it. Stephen A. Smith said on SportsCenter that he knows for a fact that Kyrie and his camp believe that LeBron leaked it. Because, like, because, like, did he leak it on his Instagram story? Is that right? (laughs) No, but like, 
they said like you know LeBron was made aware of it like a week or so before too, and yeah, it's just you know obviously the report said LeBron was like completely like caught off guard and mad or devastated or whatever, yeah. and uh, so yeah, they Stephen A. Smith said that Kyrie and his camp think believe that LeBron and his camp leaked it out on purpose, but uh, I thought it was interesting that you know they're pretty, you know this this is you know this is Windhorse. And you have to, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Wendy, but with Cleveland stuff, like, that's his job, is literally yeah. cover Le- LeBron and the Cavs, and he's, like, as plugged in as anyone. So when, like, they go on record and say he said that he does not want to play with LeBron anymore, yeah. I mean, that's powerful. Like, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't want to offend any listeners out there, especially on Reddit, because we're talking about LeBron in a negative way, I you know. <laughs> I didn't know if Kyrie was even, a four. We were talking about Kyrie sort of in I guess I didn't know if Kyrie was like a insecure 14-year-old Kobe fan. It's like I'm professional. Because uh, he don't want to play with LeBron anymore. So, um, so but I guess, yeah, I, guess so. Kyrie, I guess Kyrie hates LeBron too. <laughs> no, and, like, and, I, and I don't really, I don't like blame him really. Like I don't, I never saw, what's funny is Kyrie does this. And it's like the tides have turned on Kyrie. It's like all these people are like, why do you don't want to play LeBron anymore? Why don't you want to go to the finals and all this stuff? Like, bro, he's already got a ring and he's lived in Cleveland his whole dang life. Yeah. Like, he's best friends with some of these people. We heard it in the Jimmy Butler interview, how close they are. Yeah. And, like, he's best friends with all these people spending time in L.A. You're living in Cleveland. Cleveland. If anybody in the podcast has never been to Cleveland before, don't go. Like, I'm sorry if you're from Cleveland, if you're listening to this. Like, I'm sure there's cool parts about your city, but... Comparing Cleveland to some other cities around the league, it's probably not the most luxurious. Cleveland <laughs> Cleveland is to American cities as Galveston is to beach cities. Oh my gosh, that's so great. <laughs> that's <laughs> like you've been to Galveston, right? And so well, I, it's I funny because when I moved it <laughs> when I moved to Texas, I was like, Man, I want to go to the beach. Let's go to Galveston. Yep. So you go to Galveston and you get there and there is a beach and it is a city. It is both of those things, but it is such a different version of those two things than you would ever think, you know? That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And like a lower class version of any of those things. But it is, it, it, it does house both those things and I enjoy it. I go down there. It's fine. Like I, I like it, but. Do you, do you understand like what I didn't understand? I mean, I guess I get it, but. Why the big hoopla over Kyrie's list? He, you know, the ESPN's report, Chris Haynes said that he gave a list of four teams Minnesota, San Antonio, Miami, and New York, right? Yeah. 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 Four teams. So he gives those four teams, and it's like everybody's talking about these four teams and all this different stuff. Trade like, machine screenshots and everything. Who, who, like, first of all, trade machines like my life. You know me. Like, this is like my, my thing. And I, I like live on trade machine, but like with those teams, I mean like yesterday, like, so I tweeted out some initial ones just off the bat, the day the news broke some other random teams. Cause that's the but most like, fun thing to do ever in the history of life. Is, it is. <laughs> to come and up then, with fake trades as soon as something like this happens. But, like, yesterday, you know, I spent some time on Trade Machine. I'm like, all right, is there any way San Antonio could pull it off? I mean, I, I it took me, like, a bit. Like, I couldn't even figure out a way. And then I found one that I was, like, halfway on, and I tweeted out, and I just get, like, hammered about it. And But, like, my other ones, like, people love those. Like, I love, I love the idea. I'll, I'll throw them at you and see Go what you it. think. Go for it. Well, first, before you do that, the reason why the list is so – irrelevant besides just the fact that he wanted it besides trying to study Kyrie and figuring out what he wants is that there's only three players in the NBA with a no trade clause and LeBron came out today or yesterday depending on when you're listening to this and said that he will not waive his no trade clause throughout this whole season no matter what which to me why would you make a statement like that that makes no sense LeBron has done this a couple of times in his career where he just says stuff and you just say what what is what leverage are you getting out of saying that you won't waive your no trade clause? Maybe he's just threatening the you know the team to not trade him. But what, if you trade LeBron James, like that is the, a big mistake in your franchise. So the three players with a no trade clause, obviously LeBron, obviously the most famous one is Carmelo because he would have definitely been gone by now. He would they, he would have been out completely out of New York by now. 
and Phil Jackson would have traded him. Phil Jackson might still have his job <laughs> if they would have been able to trade Carmelo. Like, just that's how the dominoes fall. But Melo, or Melo just kept turning him down. And the last one, one we know very well, Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, Dirky Dirk. Dirk has a no trade clause, and it's sort of a unspoken thing a lot, and it's not used as much as Melo's is because Melo's was actually threatened, but Dirk does have one. So there you go. All right, throw me your no- throw me your trade ideas. Well, I was just trying to think of situations where this is not going off what Kyrie obviously wants. They said Kyrie because wants to. Because it doesn't matter. Like, the Cavs can no. trade him to Phoenix, and he wouldn't be able to do anything about it. I think Phoenix is they have the most logical packages of stuff of like, hey, like throw at him. You know, Phoenix calls up and says, "We'll give you Bledsoe, Josh Jackson, and Bender." Gosh. And you have to think about it if you're Cleveland. I mean. Throw a first on it or something. I mean, that's then. Then Phoenix is setting back pairing Kyrie with with Booker. Before the before we move on from that, people keep saying and tweeting to me that the Suns want to dump Bledsoe. There ain't no dump. What? No, they what? He's not Brandon Knight. He's not like Victor Oladipo. He's he's way better than those guys. He's just injured. You know, like that. That's the yeah. only problem with him. Really, is that he's he's injured a lot and he's undersized. If that dude was six six, gosh. He'd be- He'd yeah. be like Kai, he'd be like Kawhi 2.0. <laughs> he'd be so good. Bledsoe's, Bledsoe's not a, a dump at no, all. No, no, Really good, uh, reasonable contract, you know. Not a dump guy. Not a guy that they just want to get rid of for nothing. Yeah. If you're if you're Charlotte, would you give up Kimba and Malik Monk for Kyrie? It's a three-team deal, but I didn't want to get, like, really confusing. Sure, but sure. I had, I had, like, Carmelo and Monk. Going to Cleveland, Kyrie to Charlotte, Carmelo and, then, and Monk. So is, and, wait, is Jamal Crawford officially on Cleveland? Who? Jamal Crawford? No, he's on Minnesota. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought that was a thing for like a week. No. Oh, um, yeah. So you have you have Monk and you have J.R. Smith on the same team. That is the worst role model situation that you could have. <laughs> but maybe it's good by now because J.R. is kind of mellowed out. They would pretty much reroute Kemba to to New York in this three team deal. So pretty much, yeah. If you're Charlotte, would you trade? Isn't Kemba from New York? I don't know. That'd would you trade Monk, Monk, Kemba, and a first round pick for Kyrie if you're Charlotte? It, do you think Kyrie's that much better than Kemba? Oh yeah, for sure. That much better? Yeah, I do. I like Kemba, but Kemba's like borderline like tradable right now. Like there's some people that's like. Really huge Charlotte people that are like, we could trade Kemba and not be upset. That's a good article idea. Prior to prior prior to Kyrie asking for a trade, if you mentioned the some like plugged in Cavs people about trading Kyrie, they'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> Kemba's a best players on a story. team that are tradable. That's a podcast idea for sure. Yeah. Um, Phoenix. Anybody. All right, so I, I like this one a lot, and I wish it would happen just because I want this duo to happen. Jabari, Thon, and a first. For Kyrie. For, Ky- for Kyrie. Then you then you hook up Kyrie and Giannis. Yeah. And Greg Monroe. Who, sa- who says no? Uh, so you get un- – so this is straight up two-way, two-team? Two yeah. So then Cavs get Jabari, Thon, and a first. If LeBron's not going to waive his no trade, then I, it's hard. It's hard to come up with a deal because you have to get win now pieces. But Kyrie's a win yeah. now piece, and so usually well, trades never work out where you trade a win now piece for a win now piece. So, so here's here's my thing with the whole situation with Cleveland, and it's just so intriguing to me. And this is why I like I tweeted about it. My last piece get, came out this early this morning it was about yeah I had this kind of mixed in there about like a Kyrie situation as far as what direction does Cleveland take if. And it's all depending on how what LeBron does. Because we all assume LeBron's going to be there this season. You know, he's under contract. He's not going to go anywhere. And blah, said blah. he's not going to waive his no trade. So Yeah. So now we're talking about just next summer. So if you're Cleveland, what route do you take when trading Kyrie? If you have the sense from LeBron that LeBron is definitely leaving, then you can take the full rebuild route of the trade package back. You, you might want to. first you might want first round picks. You might want you know, you want youngsters, all this stuff. But if you talk to LeBron's camp and they're like, LeBron's going to re-sign again, he's going to finish his career here, blah, 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 then the packages 
around getting somebody like Bledsoe and Carmelo back would be more appealing because that would still keep them in the finals, basically. So there's it's so intriguing to me about what type of packages Cleveland would will get back for Kyrie. What direction? I think it's going to be telling, too, which I think the Kyrie situation is telling in its own because I personally, I think Kyrie's doing this because I think he already heard that LeBron's leaving. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to beat everybody to the punch. Like, you're not going to leave me here. But I think it's really going to be telling about LeBron's situation based off the package that they get back. Because if, like, Carmelo's in that package, then I don't think they're going to – I don't. I just don't think Cleveland's going to trade Kyrie – for a piece that's only going to be there like a year or two, you know, like, so, and then if they get Carmelo back, would Carmelo waive his no trade clause to come to Cleveland if LeBron's going to leave next year? So there's just so much. Yeah. There's so much that happens based off what they get back that I think will tell will be the final hint of what LeBron's going to do next year, next summer. Gosh, if, if let's say they trade Kyrie to Minnesota, like when when Jeff Teague's no trade basically come, you know you're not allowed to trade players that you just signed until about like mid December. I think it's December fifteenth or sixteenth or something yeah. like that. And uh, so when Jeff Teague's trade thing comes up, they trade him to Minnesota. So that puts Jeff Teague and let's say Wiggins back in the the East. Eh, <laughs> shrug they, your shoulders. They, they're they're not gonna wait you, that long though. No, 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 because you can't step in training camp day one with no. Kyrie and LeBron. That's just it's over. It's done. No, and like I was talking to a guy yesterday, and they're like, "Man, is this like legit though? Like they're like, you know, is this just like noise, and it'll be perfectly fine?" Like, hey, listen, it, within the first hour, that was my initial thought. I was like, "Okay, hold up, let's put the within the first hour it broke. Yep. Twenty four hours afterwards, no, nah, it's real then because everybody's had time to answer." You know, if it was yep. all bullcrap, then Kyrie and his agent, they would immediately be issue, been issuing statements directly saying, this is not true, I want to be a Cavalier, all this stuff. We haven't heard a peep. Nothing. So, <laughs> this is legit, and he's going to be traded. He's, in, chi- I don't see... he's in China right now. Is he really? Yeah, he's in China right now doing, the, well, he, at least he was yesterday, doing the uh, the Kobe tour, <laughs> basically going uh, and doing a whole bunch of stuff. You didn't see the crossover video that came out with him? He crossed his kid up in camp. No, I saw the Currys in Beijing, but they're all over there. No. <laughs> all right, I got I got one more Kyrie thing. Okay, I got I got I want to uh, do talk about Bill Simmons' trade idea. Okay. Boogie and a first for Kyrie. Do they have any firsts? Um, yeah, they do. So you get Kyrie Davis. You pair uh, Kyrie with Anthony Davis. That's. Just, Oh my gosh! No, 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 no! This is what you. This is what you have. You have. Yeah, you, it doesn't matter about Rondo and Drew Holiday. Like <laughs> you if you Rondo, can get Kyrie and Anthony Drew, Davis, that's you have it. Kyrie and you have Anthony Davis. You can just immediately cut Rondo and take your money for all, all they care if they pair them two together. Rondo could Cleveland, mentor, Rondo could mentor Kyrie. Cleveland gets Boogie and like they stay competitive. You know. Boogie and LeBron. Boogie and LeBron. Be funny. That'd be great. Boogie, boogie, boogie what did you brown. think about uh, Bill Simmons' idea? Cavs get Mello, Bledsoe, and New York Knicks 2018 first. Suns get Nilakina or Tilakina. By the way, Jen Hale on the on the basketball tournament interviewed Frank Tilakina today, and we said his name Nilakina for the entire beginning of the like for, like before that, the draft because that's the way that the New York Times article said that it was pronounced. But apparently, it's Tilakina. I don't know. Still have it. I'm still back and forth, but she, she said Talichina. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. So the Cavs get Mellow Bledsoe, Knicks 2018 first. Suns get Tilakina and Channing Fry's expiring contract. And the Knicks get Kyrie and Iman Shumpert. So it's kind of based off, like, I, I get the idea from Bill, but it's kind of based off uh, that's because there was a guy that was reporting that on that day. The saying, or the very next day, saying that the, it was a discussion around that framework of a deal of Melo and Bledsoe in Cleveland. But some people has had Kevin Love going to Phoenix in that deal with Nilakina. So yeah, the Suns have to get more if they're giving up Bledsoe. So that's a which I mean I guess if you're getting Nilakina, you know whatever you want to say with that. But Nilakina and Booker are good backcourt. That's really good. It'd be interesting for sure. So you got your defensive-minded point guard that can play off the ball, and you have your. Yeah, you know, your two guard that can handle the ball some, do some pick and rolls. Like 
That's good. Yeah, so... And if Mello, I, I, if Mello and Bledsoe end up in Cleveland, are they a better team than they were a year ago? Uh, Let's say they keep love. Oh, I think it's I think it's very interesting. But you, then you, you just have to figure out who you're going to play and what lineup. You know, if you're going to put love at center and LeBron and Mello, then with Bledsoe and Corver or something. But then you're losing. And then you got to figure Scherzer. out where you're going to put Dwayne Wade when he gets bought out by the Bulls. <laughs> I don't know about that. I you know in you know the first person first first text I got after Kyrie the news dropped the first text I got was from from a friend here in Dallas that said what about Boston and I was like man Kyrie I think he's better than Isaiah Thomas oh he's younger and he's bigger <laughs> so he got, he has that advantage for sure. Why don't you just eliminate the the problem of having to pay Isaiah and put a package around Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie? They got any package you want to put together, whether it's young players, whether it's picks or whatever. Then and you then you pay- have both of them. No, I'm so saying you try to get rid of you, Isaiah. No, you're putting Isaiah Isaiah in the deal as like the headliner back, and then you put whatever you know with that, whether it's if they want picks or you know if they want a young player, or whatever. Because then you're turning around with a with a rotation of Something along the lines of Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Horford, Jalen Brown, all of them. That's interesting. I, also, I would say I like Kyrie more than Isaiah Thomas. I would so. I would love to see Kyrie on San Antonio because he is literally no. the, the upgrade of Tony Parker. Which just, just stay for, in the East, just for basketball reasons. But he's like the up. He's Tony Parker two point His game is pretty derivative of Tony Parker's, except for he's a better outside shooter and worse at some other things. Well, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you. What team do you want him on? Probably, probably so that. Just, if it's going to be a bloodbath, make it a bloodbath. <laughs> you know? I, I would like him in New York. Or Minnesota for me. No, I don't want Minnesota. I like Minnesota. I like their players. I just want him in the East. We need stars to stay in the East. The East already sucks. I just like him in New York. But if, you're, mean, going, if a, you're going for tanking next year, you want all the teams in the West to be as, as bad as possible in the bad Michael Jackson sense. Yeah, but the higher, the more stacked these teams get, the longer that it's going to be. Also, for the worse the past. East teams get, so the more East teams fall under you. It's all it's all circle. <laughs> I would like to. I just like to see Porzingis and Kyrie paired together for a while. That'd be kind of an interesting pairing. You mean for like two years until Porzingis comes to Dallas? No, I think I think they got time to repair that. But we'll see. So speaking Not the brain of, power, that's for sure. So we said what we wanted. What do you have a prediction of what you think, Kyrie? A team or a situation of how you think it'll unfold? I think it's honestly going to happen the same way that the Paul George thing happened, where it's going to be a, a last minute. All of a sudden, this team just comes out of nowhere, like like it is like a Charlotte or something. And he just gets traded to Charlotte, and we're all just saying, "What?" Or he gets traded to Miami. You know, Miami's a team that always seems to be in the running for somebody. You know. I just I'm I actually agree with you. Like I have almost the same prediction of that. I think it's just going to be a dark horse team. It's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere and offers a crazy package because we don't you just don't see players like Kyrie hit the market. Like what if just and, what if Barcelona just comes out of nowhere and just, <laughs> just puts them into the Euroleague? But like I saw I saw something yesterday that Sacramento Sacramento is ready to put Fox in a deal for him. And, no, that that's that got refuted today. Saying that Sacramento what? would not put De'Aaron Fox in a deal for for Kyrie Irving, which to me is insane. Yeah, so like, it's just teams like that that could come out of nowhere. You know, Denver. You know, just these random teams that's sitting there. But you have to have actual pieces that are solid. Like the only thing with like Denver and Denver a little bit more, but like Orlando, I think Orlando would love to get their hands on him. But, but but do they what do they have you know yeah so and like Miami what does Miami really have to offer if they're not willing to take Drogic back do you put in a package around like Winslow and then how good is Winslow you know like yeah two years ago th- that deal would have gotten done but that's why like of his four teams San Antonio and Miami I kind of take out and then it leaves like the uh, the obvious one of like Wiggins and Minnesota centered one. And then if they can pull off like a three or four team trade with like him going to New York and Melo coming in or whatever. But we've also seen how 
saying that you want to be traded diminishes your trade value. We just saw, I mean, Chris Paul. Yeah. Chris Paul did not need to get traded, but we saw what Chris Paul ended up getting traded for, which ended up somehow being more than what and more valuable assets than what Paul George ended up being traded for, which are insane. The, the market is just crazy. But all right, let's ask the question. I pulled I pulled people on my on my Twitter account and said would you trade Dennis Smith Jr. straight up for Kyrie Irving? If it was possible within the cap, you could blah, 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 send Dwight Powell, do whatever. You could straight up flip Dennis Smith Jr. for Kyrie Irving. Isaac Harris, would you abandon the the slang gang, the Dennis Smith Jr. train? Would you just abandon all hope and go straight for Kyrie? This is it's so hard of a question. Thank you. Because Thank you for saying it's a hard question because most people just said it's easy one way or the other. No, it's not easy. And that, whatever about people. It's so <laughs> hard just a question. Be- we're just people, come on. <laughs> because because Kyrie he would immediately let's just say the framework is just flopping him, you know. Yep, just swipping. Swipping him, swapping him. <laughs> you know, it's it's it would be so interesting like what what a Kyrie Wes Matthews, Barnes, Dirk, Nerlens, you know, team gets you with Carlisle. I mean, that's just you. On one hand, you're like, man, let's let's roll with that, and let's let's roll with that as far as what somebody's trying to break into Isaac's room. <laughs> yeah, my wife's back here, like creeping on me, <laughs> and uh, make sure you're staying but, in line, man. Yeah, on one hand, you're like, man, it's Dirk's last year or something. Kyrie's still 25. You pretty much, you know, Dennis is, what, 19? So it's like a six-year difference. And then there's some unknown with, like, Dennis. And as far as, you know, will he ever reach Kyrie's level? Will he be better? You know, like, all this stuff to where I get get that. Like, Let's stop you right there, though. Dennis Smith Jr. is not on Kyrie's level right now. Let's just just straight up put that out. Because after Summer League, there's just this high of, Dennis Smith Jr. is the best ever, and blah, 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 he's going to be great. And people saying he's going to average 19, 6, and 5, and you know all this stuff. And, like, slow your roll. The guy has still not played an NBA game. He's going to be awesome. We, we all know it. He's going to be great. He's going to be, you know, probably a really good NBA player. But he's not a known commodity like Kyrie is. You get number one picks like that, and you don't know all the time if they're going to be, you know, guaranteed to be awesome and be – one of the best at a thing in the in NBA history, and Kyrie is one of the best finishers probably in NBA history. And just watch the, rewatch the finals from this past year just to, you know, <laughs> guarantee that in your head. So I do want to ask this question: Do you, if Dallas could pull it off, could Kyrie and Dennis work in the same backcourt? No, because before the draft, when we did our draft pro- profile on Dennis Smith Jr., which if which you guys should listen to because we're right about a lot of things. <laughs> just go back and listen to that. Um, they're built the exact same way, so it'd be hard to. And and Carlisle Carlisle would do it. He would put them out there because he does that. Um, I don't think it'd be optimal though. Yeah, I'm, I you, think it. What you, what you do is if if you do end up getting Kyrie, then you change your rebuilding timeline from. Okay, now Harrison Barnes is on the higher end of our, you know, where our, our roster is. He's on like, he's on the, he's in the youth movement side of it. He's on the under twenty sixes, like we talked about last year on the team. But then now he's, then now that is the age, you know, that is the 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 line where the young players are because him and Kyrie are about the same age. Nerland's a couple years younger than them. So then all of a sudden your, you know, your team's timeline just gets pushed up a couple years because now it's on Dennis Smith Junior.'s time. And Harris Martin's going to be an older guy. Nerlens is going to be, you know, a little bit older than you, you know these other guys that'll eventually show up. But yeah, and then immediately your core would turn into you know Kyrie Nerlens, you know Harrison Barnes, and I don't know. There, there is intrigue with that. So, but then the other side of the spectrum too is okay. Well, we have this timeline, and we have this timeline of rebuild to where you know even and I hear this argument too from people, and I get it. Okay, if we get Kyrie, we're still not beating Golden State. So then we would be giving up Dennis, you know, for eight years because to try to compete. I get that. I totally get that. Um, I get the fact that hey, we're pretty much gonna be locked into getting Dennis for like eight years probably, and then you know if he turns in something crazy, we'd be you know giving all that up for Kyrie, who could possibly leave in two years if he don't like it, and 
get all that. So like I, I told like you're like that poll, like the question I you ask me every other hour, I might say, give you a different answer. Do but, you know, do you know what the poll ended up being? Yeah, I think it like over 150 people voted. They probably they probably say keep you know keep Dennis. 60% keep, 40% would trade. Huh. It was a lot closer than I expected. Yeah, it is closer than I expected. What would if Dallas wanted to pursue it? What would what what would Dallas's best offer be? Oof, we'd have to have Dennis. Mitchell what around. what would you be willing to offer to Cleveland for Kyrie? We know Dennis is in there for sure. That's I guess probably, it, that's it's, probably all you would need, to be honest. Oh, I don't know. I I think it would depend on what direction. It's kind of what we were talking about before. What direction is Cleveland going? Yeah, and if, if they're they, going in, if they're going in a rebuild, then they take Dennis and they just run with it. Well, if they're going to rebuild, it's Dennis and picks. You got to get more than just Dennis for Kyrie. But did you get more than just Victor Oladipo and Sabonis for Paul George? It's, it's well, Paul George, he's going to leave for L.A. He's already said that, like, yeah. he's, like, gone. I mean, he's telling teammates he wants to go to Los Angeles. So, like, his value is, like, plummeted. And he's a free agent next summer. Kyrie's under contract for two more years with the player option of a third year. So, you at least got him for two years. But you also have the the idea that, okay, Cleveland needs to trade this guy because they're not going to, like we said, they're not going to roll into the season with LeBron and Kyrie both on the roster. And if they do, then that's a toxic situation. So they, the, the onus is on that is not on Cleveland. And so that diminishes his trade value because teams know that Kyrie needs to be traded. I do get that. But I, I, if you're a team though, you don't let the player control everything. Like he's still under contract for two <laughs> you for do two years. You, you do if you just stepped into the GM job, or if you ha- if you're not a GM, if you have no GM, you're the assistant GM, and you're just trying to figure it out. And you've seen it happen before, where you've seen, you know, Kevin Durant leave for nothing. You've seen James Harden leave for you know, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, but if like you're like you're not gonna get lowballed enough to where you have to trade him. You don't have to trade him. So like that's that's the thing. Like we like you should. But, like, if you're sitting there, you're not going to take just Bledsoe for him and say, okay, well, that's the best offer you're going to get, but, well, I have to trade him, so give me Bledsoe. It's better than nothing. Like, you can't do that. Like, you, I mean, you still got him. For, he's two years on a contract. So you can but you might. You might just end up being – that might just end up being – No way. Because I would just seems bring him insane. in and let him It ball. seems insane. Anyway, so it kind of, like – if the Dallas thing happened, which we don't think it will at all, but like if they want Dennis and picks to like a full rebuild going forward, or if it's like, hey, we want to compete now, and they they pull off a so like my piece that came out today is like, could Dallas fa- fa- help facilitate a, a Kyrie Irving trade? Right. Not pursuing because we don't think he's going. They're going to pursue that trade, but could they get involved as that third or fourth team in a deal? Get something out of it. Yeah, so like, so I just kind of broke down Dallas's assets and like, hey, you know, take Dennis off the board. Take, you know, obviously Dirk's not even mentioned in my piece because he's not going to get traded. But like, you know, like I went ahead and took Barnes off the board. So that kind of leaves you with like Wes Matthews, Seth Curry, and like the rest of the crew. To where if there is a situation to where, you know, some pieces get moved around. So for instance, like, what if Cleveland pursues a trade with Kyrie to where they don't get another point guard in the deal? They don't get a Bledsoe. Let's say it's something like Minnesota or something, and they get Wiggins. Because they're going to they sign Derrick Rose, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I think I, I totally believe that, that he's waiting on this situation. Yeah. I, I agree with it. I think, but I think he's going to go to L.A. But anyway, if they, if they do make a trade with Kyrie and they don't get a point guard back, Seth would be like a cheaper option that they could put in there and say, hey, like if, if Dallas was incorporated in the bigger deal where – they could get Seth back at a cheap cost and say, "Hey, be our point guard." You know, if they're or getting, or you can get you can get Wes Matthews and completely oust Iman Shumpert. <laughs> make well, him, well, that that's you know, the other him. side of my argument too, to where if they make a trade with with Kyrie Irving and they and they do get a point guard back, like a Bledsoe or something like that, and and they shed one of their bigger contracts like Shumpert, Jr., Tristan, then you could call up Dallas and be like, "Hey, like, what is the one thing that they've really been wanting?" A guy, a wing defender, a wing elite defender, a better version of Shumpert, you know, that can hit a three-pointer. Wes Matthews would be great in Cleveland system. Yeah. So, 
So like that, there's ways for Dallas to get involved in this to where they could get an ass, you know, an asset or two back. It just we have no clue how this Kyrie thing's gonna. What teams are gonna get involved? What's gonna be offered? What Cleveland's even gonna value? But I think Dallas could definitely come in there with with some pieces if they wanted to get involved with it. I promise we wouldn't go an hour, but we still have not talked about Jean Clavel. Let's let's cover him real quick. All right. So, uh, and by the way, at some point during this week, uh, I will be talking to the uh, communication director for the team that JJ Berea um, coaches for in Puerto Rico, and he knows Jean Clavel, and he's also going to send me some, you know, just info on him, and and he's talked to him before. He's had conversations with him, so we're gonna we're gonna talk to him. It's my friend Edgar, so we will have him on the pod sometime this week. We're trying to figure it out. He's in Puerto Rico right now, so it's kind of difficult to figure that out he was supposed to come on today but it was his anniversary so congrats to him so and to put a cap on the whole Kyrie thing I would not trade Dennis with Jr. for Kyrie for for many reasons the eight year the eight year thing is huge because if if you do get eight years of Dennis Smith Jr. that means you get two amazing years of Dennis Smith Jr. because you're not signing him to that you know that that huge extension that nobody has ever turned down ever that big rookie extension that no one has turned down to you know to a guy that doesn't deserve it you know yeah so he will have deserved it by then so you're either and i'm betting on the fact that you're either getting an awesome player or you're getting a bust (laughs) you know if you get a bust and he doesn't get that extension then you don't get eight years of him because you don't want eight years of him but i'm i'd I'd rather err on the side of he is going to be good so that's where i stand on that i would not do it definitively would, would you do it or not uh i think i would I think I would. And this is something, just something throwing there too. Kyrie's on a favorable contract as far as you say favorable, but it's like 18, 20 million. Yeah, which is good. Then, then you look at if we bring Nerlens back, which if let's say Nerlens is around like 15, which would be awesome. <laughs> let's just say it's 15 to 18. So then, yeah, then you got Barnes at 25, but like you don't have three players at like 25 million. Yeah, suddenly you got two core pieces in Kyrie and and Nerlens making under twenty a year for the next couple of years. Or you got like, Barnes at, or you're not like you know uh, Golden State or Memphis where they have one player at thirty, <laughs> which is yeah. you know crazy. So I'm saying with that is you would still have some room to play with, especially yeah. if if that situation come in, you'd have to throw some contracts in there to with a Dennis Smith for Kyrie deal to equal it out, like a Dwight Powell maybe or. You know, even West. If but if you could get off the Wesley Matthews contract, then you're suddenly going into next summer with some cap space to play with and a core of Kyrie Barnes and Nerlens saying, looking at some free agents and saying, "Hey, like, let's see what we can make happen." So, anyway, we don't don't think it's going to happen. No, Dennis is going to be here, but we're just having fun with the Kyrie stuff. You get a core of Kyrie, Nerlens, Barnes, and Dirk. You take that back that you did not include Dirk into that core. I don't know if he's going to be here next year, though. He'll play, so the, he'll play forever. Have you not heard Cuban and Don Nelson? <laughs> Donnie Nelson said that he will play for 10 more years. I do think – I do I do say this. I, I Well, first off, I, I think this is going to be Dirk's last year. But Same. two, you have to think, though, if you're Dirk, if they did pull off some crazy trade like that and then next summer there's like another free agent wants to come in, come on. You want to give it another ride? If you're gonna tell me if you're we're gonna get you know another big piece to come in with like Kyrie, Nerlens, Barnes, Dirk, you know, yeah, Dirk, that would be the craziest season ever. And Dirk's last year make some big push at Golden State, and that would be the most talented roster Dallas has ever had. It would, yeah, it would, it would be nuts for sure. If you get but, Kyrie and then another piece on top of that too. All yeah. right. The last couple of minutes, we'll talk about we'll talk about Clavel, and uh, we'll talk about we'll talk more about it when I talk to to Edgar. So we're not just gonna you know talk about him for a couple of minutes here and then and be done with him forever. But he's a he's a six four guard from Puerto Rico. He played at Colorado State the last t- three years, I believe. Uh, he was all what are they Mountain West? He was like the Mountain West Player of the Year, or something like that. Leading uh, score, yeah, leading score. He played two years at community college before that. He's twenty three years old right now. Uh, he shot. 38% and 40% from three his last two years. And uh, so he's kind of, I mean, he looks like a three and D kind of guy. 
just on on a you know a wing situation. His shot is very interesting to me. He it almost it's almost like the ball goes all the way to his feet and he like touches the ball touches the ball to his feet and just like goes all the way up. Just in how big of a motion that is. Yeah. I'm not really sure about that in the NBA, but it's worked pretty well in summer league. Uh, he played summer league for the uh, the Miami Heat both in Orlando and in uh, no, no no yeah yeah both in Orlando yeah. and in Vegas he played for Miami. The one knock on him, besides just you know that he's not as talented as a lot of these guys that did get drafted, is uh, he's had two different charges of uh, domestic violence. And have you read the story on this? No, I so, probably don't want to. So the uh, Colorado State has their newspaper is called the like the Collegian, and they wrote like a pretty in depth story on this and did a video on this that makes their school look not great at all. <laughs> It actually makes their school look really bad. So, Dang. all right, I'm going to tell you this story. So, John Clavel is a basketball player there, and he is dating this girl that is a uh, pole vaulter. So, she's, she's a track and field as well. Her name's Stephanie something. And so, him and Stephanie are dating. They're kind of going on and off. There's all this stuff. Then she's not talking to him, drama, blah, blah, blah. So, reportedly, John waits outside of her practice waits in a car is waiting for her she comes out by herself he runs over to her and grabs her and pulls her into his car <laughs> and like oh. is waiting for her on, on different occasions and won't ever leave her alone and will call calls all the time and this is just all from this story and so this is a local newspaper or this is the the college newspaper is reporting this huh and saying they said like specifically that he grabbed her from the waist and the stomach and pulled her in, yeah, like pulled her in and you know stuff like that. And so the college newspaper is reporting on this, and that also that she and this is in this video that they posted on the the Collegians YouTube page. You can go look it up on YouTube right now. And uh, that Stephanie went to the school to talk about this stuff and to go to these charges. And she waited a little bit because she had a lot of stuff going on. And it's, it's a hard thing to talk about when you're in a, you know, domestic, you know, an abusive relationship and things like that. Like it's hard to come out and just, you know, admit that because you feel at fault for things. And there's just all these psychological reasons why you would wait a little bit. So she waited a little bit and the school basically quieted her, told her to be quiet. And she said that she, she claims that the school valued him as a basketball player more than her as an individual and a person. And this is all coming out from their, their school's newspaper. And to me, that that's crazy that they would. This sounds like a mess. That it would come out and it would make their school look bad in that sense. Uh, coming from a school like Dallas Baptist University and, you know, whatever you guys think about Baptist universities, Christian universities, we I would never be able to do anything like that, like, like publish anything like that <laughs> from a school. And I'm sure there's tons of other schools where they just wouldn't want their school to look bad in that light and they wouldn't allow them to. So I guess kudos to the Collegian for <laughs> stepping up and, and writing stories like that about their own, you know, players and their team and stuff. But uh, hmm. yeah, so pretty crazy. That was a couple of years ago. And so, not really sure where all that stands now. I'm sure I don't think there's any like legal stuff that's still out there and still hanging over him. Maybe there is. Uh, it's just an interesting thing when you're looking at the character of a guy. So that's kind of the knock on him. Does any of that? Does any of that like turn you off on a player? I mean, if it's like if it's true, it does for sure. Like domestic violence. Like there's some things. Uh, it's kind of like anything. Major in the major, minor on the minors, and it. To some people, that, that's such a that's such a Christian phrase. So if anybody doesn't know what that means, it's that you know there's certain denominations where they say, you know, certain denominations focus on certain aspects of the Christian faith, and they say, and oh, we need to you know focus on you know tithing or giving money, or we need to focus on you know faith, or we need to focus on grace. And so then there's other denominations, which the denomination that I grew up in back in Cincinnati was called Evangelical Free, where we just said any, any, anybody who considers themselves any kind of denomination is allowed in, but we're going to major on the main points. We're going to major on the, you know, we're going to emphasize the fact that Jesus is our Lord. We're going to emphasize on the fact that he died on the cross and things like that. And we're going to, you know, minor on the side of like, what type of communion should we do? What, you know, what song should we sing? Yeah. You know, like we're not going to be super strict on things like that. So that, that's what that phrase means. 
Yeah, so for so figuring out like to each person like what what is a major to you and what is a minor to you, and for Jordan, me, Jordan Dre- Spieth won a major today. By the way, that guy's, <laughs> that guy's killing it. Shut. Was it Steven or Jordan? It was Jordan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, in a, in a serious way, like domestic violence is something that is a, a huge major for me. I've talked like I don't understand why Joe Mixon got another shot, why he got drafted in the second round in the NFL this year. Whenever the yeah. NFL is like. Like stuff it's like that bangles. just piss yeah it just pisses me off but like I don't, I have no room for that so like I don't want to comment on on Clavel because I don't really know I mean if it's school paper you know whatever it is I don't yeah, want to hold yeah. that against him but if it is true and it did come out then yeah I'm not a fan but I don't know I mean as far as his like contract I don't know if you're even going to that but like you know it's partially guaranteed. It has some like weird wording that you know some people are reporting at Adam Johnson. Yeah, from- right, this guy Adam Johnson who writes for the uh, Two Ways Ten Days website. This is really good. If you have any questions about two about two way contracts, go to Two Ways and Ten Days dot com. Uh, and Adam and a guy named Chris also have really. Chris good stuff is a there. Chris is a fan sided guy from from yeah, our, yeah. our site. So and uh, so they're calling this deal an Exhibit Ten deal, which I'm sure is is the the language in the actual document. But so an Exhibit Ten deal means that it's a a deal for a guy before the season basically starts that says you can turn this deal into a two-way contract if you choose, or you can turn it into a real contract, or you can turn it into a D-League affiliate contract. So either way, they're keeping this guy. These guys either going to be on the Mavericks, he's going to be in a two-way deal, he's going to be spent, spending time on both, or he's going to be on the Legends. Yeah, and I think this is, you know, I tweeted this out late last night, you know, Dallas has pretty much how their situation's working right now. They have one roster spot open that we talked about last pod. That and this guy's not necessarily taking it. So all these people saying, yeah. oh, that the Mavericks wasted another roster spot on another guard. That's not necessarily true. No. They have you have one roster spot, the 15th spot. They have another two-way contract they can hand out, and then they have a couple camp invites. So what I was saying last night, or I tweeted out last night, don't be surprised if Dallas rolls up into camp with the fifteenth roster roster spot open, yep. and the two way con- two way contract open, to where you have all these invites saying, "Hey, you're competing for this. You're competing for a, a two way contract, and so you know one of you out there could possibly get this fifteenth roster spot." Yeah. So that's what you know. It adds some competition to it. The partially guaranteed stuff like that means absolutely nothing to me because. Dallas has shown before they will cut somebody so fast it, with a partial guarantee. They do not care to pay somebody to leave their team. We saw it a few years ago when Sam Dallenbear came into camp. Yeah. He was due. He you know he was due like what a million two million dollars, and he didn't even make the roster. You know somebody you know undrafted beat him out for that spot, and you know he got cut. So like they don't care. It, partially guaranteed means nothing. They just Dallas has shown to where hey. We'll give you a partial guarantee to come to our camp. Basically, we'll we'll pay you to come to our camp. While some teams, it's just a straight training camp invite. Like we'll just invite you to camp. Come along, like have fun. See what happens. Yeah. So for Dallas, but some of these contracts, we also see seeing how they work out too with Penny Smith, with Brusino, with Mesri, to where you know they're obviously pieces of our team now. So we don't know what Clavel's gonna well, turn in. Now. Well, yeah. yeah. R. I. P. Persino. He stayed on the roster all last year. Yeah. But Yeah. I think I think Dallas, from what I've seen the last couple of years and just how they approach this, is they like to have that competition going into training camp. They don't want to give somebody anything too fast. Because these summer league games are are something, you know, these other games they're seeing, these these, you know, draft tryouts and stuff, like the workouts they do are something. But to actually put them in an NBA game as close as they can, let's say a preseason game or in a practice with real NBA players, that's a way that they can actually see these guys. So don't give them anything guaranteed too quick and let them fight it out in camp, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. This episode has been brought to you by SeatGeek. Thanks so much for um, for listening to it. If you guys have never downloaded the SeatGeek app, Isaac is laughing at me hysterically because I was going to put this at the beginning and I decided to throw it at the end. But if you guys have, if you guys have made it this far, you're a true MFFL, and you know that the season is coming, and you know that there's other stuff going on right now. There's concerts, there's Wings games, there's Rangers games. You know, Do you want to see one of you Darvish's last games in Texas before he gets traded to like the Dodgers or somebody that just buys him for all the money that they can? 
Go to SeatGeek. Go to the SeatGeek app. Download it right now. Use the promo code LONBA. Does not stand for Lamar Odom's NBA. It stands for Locked On NBA. <laughs> That's what it stands for. So use that promo code. Get twenty dollars off your first purchase. It works. I've used it. I'm not going to tell you which code I used, but there are a lot of codes out there. <laughs> so use different. If you have already used a code, use somebody else's sign-in information. Like I use my wife's sign-in information to use a different code, a different day. So use that. Do that little trick. Then you can use multiple codes. If you use the code, it really super. It helps us with SeatGeek because it shows that our our network is viable and it, it helps them and it promotes their you know page and everything. So just download it. And if you you find us, just have it on your phone because if you walk around and all of a sudden you're like, hey, you want to go to a Rangers game tonight? And you're like, oh sure, but I don't have tickets. They're like, oh, well, you got to figure that out. Well, now you have SeatGeek on your phone and you can just look at it and figure it out. It's a great app. Yeah, you can use it for date night too. Like, you can. Hey. Hey, honey, do you want to go to a Broadway play tonight? Pull out SeatGeek. In Dallas. <laughs> off Broadway. How about that? So there you there go. You Download SeatGeek. Use the promo code L-O-N-B-A. Just straight up, all caps. Use that all together. That is your promo code. Today we talked about Nico going to the Hawks. <laughs> Kaka. We talked about Wes Matthews coaching the team in the tournament. Kyrie Irving trade. We talked about that at length. So if you missed some of that, go back. All of our thoughts and takes are on that, especially whether we would trade Dennis with Junior for him. And we talked about John Clavel. We will talk about that more, like I said, later this week when I talk to my friend Edgar, who is uh, from Puerto Rico, and he is there and located working in basketball down there. And so he's doing some great stuff. He's got good info on that. And J.J. Barea as well. He's you know works right with him. He knows him well. They had dinner together when they were both in, in summer league. And so we're going to be good stuff from him. So keep checking back. We're going to keep it the five podcasts. If anybody wants us to go down to three, let us know. Tweet me at Nick Van Exit. Tweet him at Isaac Harris NBA. And uh, I promise they won't all be an hour long. But this is your Monday pod. You guys are, you guys are making it through Monday. Hey, Kill guys. It. And guess what? Guess Kill what? it today. Nerland still hasn't signed yet. Just nope. Like, just letting y'all know. I just didn't know if anybody knew that or not. Or... We're going to – oh, but what if he does by the time this comes out? That'll make us look <laughs> really stupid. Thanks so I'll much die. for listening, guys. Peace out. Boom. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls. Plus, one day only, tomorrow, take 50% off all Old Navy active at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Active offer 1020 excludes in-store clearance.